Welcome to Childish Behavior, the mythical adventures of two fantastic family pastors. Hello, everybody, in the interwebs. Uh, this is Childish Behavior with Rick and Aaron. We are two family pastors that collaborated together over two years ago to be able to encourage, inspire, and make people smile. We do not have it all together. We have learned through failure, but we love to have fun and we're spaztastic and we interview people from time to time. We'll talk about ministry. We will talk with influencers and people that are on the move, as well as other pastors that are in the trenches doing the work. We like to have fun. We like to be serious, but we are children at heart. In a nutshell, that's childish behavior. Welcome to Childish Behavior, those spastastic misadventures of two family pastors. We worked with kids for a long, long time. We may or may not have lost our minds. We like to talk from time to time to make you laugh and explain you Keep on keeping on. Take a breath. Then run the race to fight the battles we all face. Show the love of God to the very end. And always remember, stay childish, my friends. Hello, everybody. This is Childish Behavior with Rick and Aaron. We are in the internet studios today with Roger Fields of Kids Blitz. And if you do not know what Kids Blitz is, stop what you're doing, go to the internet, and look at some videos. They are a traveling circus of awesomeness. They will come to your church or an event and they will share the gospel through a series of highly awesome games. It is, it is awesome. Hands down, one of the funnest experiences that I've ever had when me and Aaron first met and we got to go on stage and put a plunger on our head and, uh, that was connected to each other and systematically get more rotations than the other team. We had to work together. And I think. Roger, that was a team building success because that ultimately led to the uh, bringing together of childish behavior. So, um, Roger, I still to this day don't know what that game is called. Uh, I don't have a real correct catchy name for that, actually. The plunger game, you know, I don't know. Yeah. We're going to deem it from now on toilet heads. <laughs> Maybe that'll stick, you know. Cool. <laughs> Roger, it is a pleasure to be speaking with you again today. It was the day after I had met Aaron and we started walking around and hanging out and we went in to see you guys put on a show, like a display uh, for all the attenders at Kid Men Megacon. And uh, we got picked to come up on stage and that was awesome. But what we really enjoyed was tearing down the stage and getting a peek behind the curtain, but also getting to talk to you guys 
a little more intimately about your heart for ministry and your vision for what you do. And in the early stages of Childish Behavior, we had said, we have got to get them on. So thank you very much for joining us. Well, very cool. Hey, listen, anybody that helps me unload or load a trailer, you have my heart. So uh, (laughs) I owe you now. So, Brother, I feel your pain. I was a part of a church plant for six years. You get there early before anyone gets there, and then you... Leave after everyone's gone, tearing up, setting up and tearing down. Oh man, every weekend for six years. That's ministry, man. The only difficult thing for me when it comes to loading was trying not to pocket some uh, some rubber chickens. That <laughs> you was... know, I remember there was some stuff missing after that event. Johnny, yeah, I, come well, see you guys I... or uh, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> What I love about you guys is your high energy, your team-based games, your custom music that you have. That blew me away. But you guys handcraft every one of your props and your game items. It's like you guys hit up the Home Depot and wiped them out, then went to Walmart, wiped them out, and... uh got together in a mad scientist laboratory garage and created these games. They are awesome. And it gave me that nostalgia of waking up Saturday morning as a kid and watching Nickelodeon and watching a show called Double Dare where two teams face off. And that's the only thing that I can kind of describe is how energetic and awesome it is. So cool. So cool. You know, say, and let me tell you, the early days of, of Kids Blitz, people would ask me to describe the event, and I didn't know how to. So to this day, I have never seen Nickelodeon's Double Dare. Never seen it. Man. And so we we tried to be original, and I didn't want to be tempted to steal ideas. But what I did say in the first year of Kids Blitz, way back, I said, well, it's kind of a Nickelodeon-style event. Everybody knew what that was. I knew that Nickelodeon was kind of an interactive show or event, you know. And so – uh we put that on the web for a little while. I even had that on one of the runs of posters that we put out. Then one day, I got a letter. MTV. MTV owns Nickelodeon. A lot of people don't know that. Man, yeah, uh, their lawyers that. sent me a letter. And oh, no. In effect, we don't appreciate you using Nickelodeon style in your in promotion event. Well, by the time I got this letter, it was actually a couple of years, maybe a year and a half, two years after Kids Blitz had started. We'd actually stopped by then using that term. But uh, I thought it was so amazing that they even knew who we were back way back then that I, I've had the, the letter framed and put it on my wall. Back and said, okay, hey, yes, we've already stopped you doing that. We won't do that anymore. You you framed your cease and desist letter. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds like so do. Aaron, it's not if, but when. And when we get that, that bad boy is going to be framed and put in our office. <laughs> we, the more they tell us to cease and assist, the more we're going to be like, hey, this is excellent. Like, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just amazed way back when that anybody knew who we were, you know, and the MTV, I thought, you know, here, the way, and the way I interpreted all that is, well, we got MTV scared, you know, they're scared more Nickelodeon. So uh, anyway, that, I thought it was cool. So That's hilarious. That, that would be us. Be like, what, what's y'all's claim to fame? I'm like, well, we got a cease and assist letter one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're bona fide. We've got a couple of claim to fames or in that uh, the, in that line of thought. 
So we need you to basically do what you just said yeah, you yeah, couldn't do. Yeah. Well, you know, here's what we did in the early days. We tried to come up with the most interactive event possible for kids and for parents. And we wanted to see what can we do to engage them. We, our thing is we want to turn a spectator into a participant. And so to do that, we needed a sight and sound event. We needed something that would bring parents and kids up on the stage uh, to engage in some kind of a game that would be an illustration we could use for a point we want to make from Scripture, from the Bible. And so the idea was not to have, per se, a sermon time at the end, but to let the entire event uh, create the message, to kind of weave the message in and out of the, the games and the activities. And so to do that, we had a couple things that were kind of non-negotiables for us. Number one, I don't know if you noticed, but I never use a ball in any of the games. Um, we didn't want something that they'd seen before. And, and really the acid test for us is, is a game not only fun to play, but is it fun to watch? And see, a lot of games mm. are fun for a kid to play. They're just not that fun to watch somebody else play the game. And so, for instance, if we're doing a simple game like trying to stand on a tire and hula hoop <laughs> and blow up a balloon at the same time, well, that's fun to watch even if you're not the one playing the game. And so oh, yeah. that's kind of the you know the test for us. So the idea was to just to do something, and we had to blend it with music. And, um, you know, and the set has changed so much over the years. And we just... You know, we just try stuff. I mean, what'll happen many times is I'll try a game and can't quite get it to where I want it, and I'll just scrap it for a while. And then I'll have another idea of how to maybe make the game work, come back to it again, and the second time I can make it work. That's so, awesome. You know, I need a game to be consistently funny, need it to be in interesting, and, you know, and it's got to be roadworthy. I mean, I, you know, I can't use stuff that's going to tear up on the road. You know, it's got to be able to, the, the props have to be able to endure riding in the trailer i thought the giant smoke cannons were awesome made out of trash cans golly they were made out of trash cans and then they would shoot air like those little tiny ones you guys just made a larger scale air cannon and then with the added uh addition of a fog machine you guys can blow smoke rings a mile away um um, events now. That's been the best pre-event thing. I like to be able to engage kids as soon as they come into the to the auditorium. So many times I'll do, first of all, I just greet them, just hobnob and high fives and fist that's, bumps and all that. That's kind and of a... Uh, fill up. A, we we want to do something else, and this is the thing we do now. Is we shoot them with smoke rings. Yeah. Kind of a teachable moment for those in ministry, though, is is when you're engaging kids, you've got to have it from start to finish. It's got to yeah. keep moving. Yeah. A huge failure so many people have is they... When they come to like, why, why am I struggling to teach your kids? Why am I struggling to teach your kids? Well, you're not teaching kids the way kids yeah. learn, and you yeah. got it. They're active all the time, so you got to yeah. stay active. Yeah. You know, you got to be be engaging. Yeah. yeah, kids are wired to do things. You know, they're wired yes. to participate. And so, we, we, what we do, we try to emulate the school system. We want to put them in chairs, and we want to teach them or lecture or, or preach to them, and we want them to sit up straight in their chair. And that's not how they learn the best. I mean, we kind of feel good about. You know, that's kind of what we think many times, particularly in the olden days, you know, of, of what teaching should be. But as long as they're, you know, we've said too, and I didn't coin this term, I wish I had, but it, it makes no difference what you teach. It only matters what they learn. Mm. So you can teach Get them it. all day long, but if they didn't learn it, you know, what's the point? So, Get it. Heck yeah, man.
And so it's, it's the old thing too, you know, that, you know, what does it say? The, it, you know, I've tried to trace this down and I can't find out who originated this quote, but it says, you know, tell me and I'll forget, uh, show me and I'll remember, but involve me and I will understand. And so when mm. you involve kids, they understand a little more about what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and that's in today's world, that's becoming more and more true than it ever was before. I feel like. Yeah, where yeah. where kids they want to be part of something, they want to do something, they want it, they want they want to be, they want to be the movers and shakers, you know, of yeah. right now. Yeah, every kid does, you know, with the sensation of of YouTube being yeah. like, oh, well, I'm going to be a sensation. Everybody wants to do something, yeah. you know, and I think if you're you're sometimes now and you have to, it's hard because you got to progress, but don't don't let the message get degressed. Yeah, and I have a lot of thoughts about that. I absolutely agree with that. Totally agree with that. You know, the message has got to be clear. You know, our thing is it's not about what you do for God. It's about what God has done for you. And that's really that's the right. heart of the gospel. The that's heart right. of the gospel is not, you know, our ability to serve or to be obedient, even though those are cool things. You know, really, the, Jesus didn't come to be a good example. He says he came to give his life as a ransom. That's what he said. Yes. And so, you know, of course, he is still an example. But you know, the, the point and the main thing is that God did something unbelievable for us, amazing for us, unfathomable. And I think you always have to keep that in front. And I do have a big concern that we've lost that many times in, in children's ministry. We go off on a lot of tangents that I personally kind of water down and weaken the gospel. And so, yes. I mean, that's another topic, maybe. I don't know. It, 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 it's, no. it's very, it's very much something that I think people don't always talk about. You know, it's, uh, I've had people tell me sometimes is, oh, well, we got to teach them the basic Bible stories. It's like, yeah, but why don't you teach them the Bible? Basically, yeah. Yeah. you know, you know yeah. teach them the Bible and just, and, but we, we dilly dally because we, we were only taught certain things a lot of times yeah. as kids because nobody, everybody was scared to give us too much. You know, and it's like, no, you yeah. need to be giving them yeah. what God says and stop watering it down to make it because the more you water it, the, the, the nastier the Kool-Aid taste. Yeah. Well, and I totally agree with you. I totally agree that it's you, you have to be consistent with Scripture. But here's the way I would say it, too. Now, this gets a little bit off the, uh, you know, off the rails for some people here. But, you know, the, what drove the early church was not a book. It was not a we got this cool book and we want to teach you what's mm-hmm. in it. What drove sure. them was a story of what happened. Mm-hmm when they communicated to people, many of them who couldn't read anyway, the story yes. that God sent his son to pay the full price for their salvation. You can mm. put your faith in what he did for you. And not only can you be completely forgiven, completely redeemed, but that Jesus can then live his life through you. And that was a message that resonated around the world. And, you know, it was not about, and there, you know, this gets into some really controversial stuff, but it's not about your ability to follow Jesus. It's about the fact that you're in Christ. You know, it says 200 times in Scripture that we are, almost 200 times, that we are either in Christ or in Him or in God. It's it, after the cross, when you get from Acts on, there's very little talk about following Jesus. You're in Christ then. Everything changed at the cross. And so now we don't get deep into this kind of doctrine with the event other than we just want kids to know this about the fact that God did something amazing for them. It's about what God has done for us. Good news is news. It's not good advice. It's not good, you know, whatever. It's not about your virtues and values. It's about the news of what God has done for you. Which I guess in the greater 
scheme of everything, what what you do with kids was it's supposed to set the stage for, and then you, your leader, the leaders at the churches you go to, they've got to back that up. You know, you you, you do this awesome yeah. thing, you set the stage for them. You got to know how to. They they've got to know how to um, follow up with that and yeah. teach teach good yeah. good good well, teaching. And it's really hard for us to to do that. It's hard for us mm-hmm. to ensure that a church is going to kind of continue with that message. I mean, they know what our message is going in. We tell them it's about God's grace, God's love. It's about what God has done for us. That's our message. And so mm-hmm. churches that are good with that message bring us in. Churches that aren't probably don't bring us in. But, you know, that's what we do. And we'll do, and we'll communicate that message anywhere we have the opportunities. And I know some, you know, I've gone to every denomination there is. I've gone to some really interesting denominations and you know that's our message now i know some of those churches don't typically buy into that but that's what we do and we do it in a way that's not offensive you know we have a lot of even unchurched people come to these events you know they don't feel pressure from us they don't feel like i'm trying to get a bunch of people up to the to the altar the front we give them an opportunity to confess their faith in jesus we let them do it in their seats we do it in a way there's no pressure. And I, and I tell them right up front, I said, listen, if you don't understand this, if you're not ready, that's okay to wait. Talk to, talk to your mom and dad. Talk to somebody in church. That's okay. And But if you're ready to do this, here's how we're going to do it. And we have a confession of faith together, pray together. and But we make it very clear. You know, we just, you know, gospel clarification is kind of one of our things, you know. Yes. And it's been amazing. I tell you, what, you know, best estimates. It, we've had a, you know, I've been doing this for a long time now, guys. I usually don't tell this because it kind of tells people how old I am, but I'm almost mm. at 24 years doing this. Woo. Okay. Mm. And you know, have two other teams. We've been all over America, you know, and we think best estimates are probably a little bit north of a hundred thousand people have responded to the, the gospel in these events That's in awesome. 24 years. That's and so, so cool. you know, as parents and kids, you know, so that is so awesome. You also have a book, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I have two books. I have one book that I wrote, and then one book that's new that I wrote with my brother. Is that the one you're talking about, the new one with my brother? Uh, Breaking maybe. the Hex, is that it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Breaking that's the one the I have. came out about two years ago. It's My brother and I wrote this. Here's what happened. My wife, Lori, actually, had been wanting me to put this in a book. This is some of the stuff I've been talking with her about, and she overhears my conversation with my brother. And he goes, you have God's book. I said, I don't want to write another book because it's a lot of work writing. And I, and I thought, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do it if, if my brother Jeff will help me do it. So I called Jeff and said, hey, I got your next project for you. Let's write a book. So he was all in. And so it took quite a while doing this. And we wanted to write something that, you know, he, Jeff said to me, you know, his one of his things is that a lot of times Christian books are kind of like Mexican food. They're all the same thing, just kind of repackaged different ways, you know. And, and so we didn't want that. We wanted something really unique. And so our passion is, and believe is that the cross and the resurrection changed everything. And there's yes. so many examples and more we got into it, the more we found of how different the teaching is on certain topics before the cross and after the cross. Mm. Like I'll give you one clear example. You know, the Bible teaches that you forgive others so that God will forgive you. The Bible also teaches you have been forgiven already. Therefore you need to forgive. So which is it? Because those are contradictory ideas. And so yes. we start looking into that. You put your finger in all the places in the Bible where it says that you need to forgive so that God can forgive you. And then put your finger in all the places that says you have been forgiven through Jesus already, and therefore you should forgive. 
what happened in the middle of those places is the cross. All the places before the cross say you got to forgive so God will forgive you. After the cross, it's all about God has already forgiven you in Jesus. You put your faith in him. You've received him. Uh, therefore, you should pass that on to other people. And there are dozens of examples like that. And so our thing became, how do we convey this truth? Now, we took the, the term breaking the hex out of the Message Bible translation, uh, or paraphrase, of Galatians 3.1, where Paul says to the Galatians in the Message Bible, if somebody puts you under a hex, you started off, you knew that Jesus was clearly portrayed for you as crucified. You're now trying to earn God's approval, earn his pleasure by all the things you do, all your works. And we think that's what happens to a lot of people. They kind of get in realizing it's about what God has done for them, that they take the focus off of that, and they start thinking it's all about their service, what they do for God. And so it's all about me. into this, it just blew us away, really, how much stuff it's about. It's it's so it's so true. That's what I mean. You see it all over you. Every church, oh. you know, like the the growing, prospering churches, it's always the messages. Well, what 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 about me? Or how how can I be great today? Or what about this? It's like you know, God was already great. He, he yeah. doesn't need yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You need Him. That's the it's counter. Well, some well, ways it's it's becoming countercultural to even say things like that. Yeah. Yeah, we get into a lot of trouble, and, and, and we got a couple of bombshells we dropped that always get us in trouble. I don't know if you want me to give you those or not on the podcast. <laughs> you may have to run your disclaimer, you know, not everything Roger says may represent the views of, uh, you know, Rick and Aaron that, uh, on this podcast. But, um, you know, it's interesting that, and you have to kind of, I think you have to ask the question why this is true, but, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote a third of the New Testament. He planted a lot of churches. He was really pretty much the go-to guy in the in the old te- in the New Testament about you know how churches should be, and you know Paul never one time mentions the word discipleship or disciple, never once. And so the question becomes, well, why? So then you say, well, okay, the word discipleship is not even in the Bible, period, it, anywhere. The word disciple, of course, is many times, but in um, in Acts. Every believer is pretty much called a disciple. There's no second-tier Christians. There's nobody that ever got into this thing where you're a believer, you're a Christian. Now you go through our program and learn how to do all this stuff. You can then be a disciple, which is kind of the way we do it. And that that is plain as never in the Bible. And so the whole, I believe, in the conviction of the book is that this really is about what God has done for you. You trust him and the Holy Spirit will work through you to do what? Voila, produce fruit. He will produce fruit in you that is far greater than any programs will do. So that's that's kind of our thing. That's awesome. But now we do not go into all that in the kids' what's event. I mean, they're again, right. simple <laughs> in an what? event like that. It's you, all about... You don't think kid, that doesn't hold kids' attention? Well, <laughs> well you know, we'll kind of hold it. But, you know, you know, there again, there's two different things. One is we just we just want to bring the clarity of the gospel to an event. Yeah. But uh, the book is kind of a different thing. The book is really written to any believer. And uh, we've had we've had a lot of good feedback in that book. And that means a lot. It's awesome. It's may not be in print now. I might bring it back again. But it was called Jumping the Track. And it's just about how it's not about your five year plan. It's about being able to change directions in life when God leads you to do that. Well, it'd be able to show you a new course of new direction. You know, oh yes, I'm always looking. I'm always looking for what's God saying. What's He directing? You know, I don't want to be so stuck in my plan that I miss God's plan. Spree a day, Gumby. You know. So anyway, oh, I had a I had a leader tell me that one time. He goes, he goes, Aaron. 
you're you're very flexible and i that's so good of you i was like you know what i hate that because <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's annoying to have to be that way you yeah. know yeah it's it stinks to not know what's coming ahead of you and some people get annoyed oh. with people who are that way who like well we got everything's got to be flexible you know some people are like, well, well, you can't just have a plan. I'm like, no, because God's got plans, and I'm just yeah. a part of this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm just here. And I mean, a lot of times we we ignore that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And every time, like, I think you know, God's giving me a new direction and something. I mean, I'm always going for it, realizing that you know He may redirect again, and even in the middle of this. That to me, that makes life kind of exciting. You know, my life is not all about my little ideas on in my little plans. Yes. You know. Yes, definitely. And, um, so, definitely. Let's take a brief pause for a Childish Behavior commercial break. Today's episode is sponsored by SideHug. SideHug is the best way to hug people that is not your spouse. If people are coming up to the side of you and they're trying to get all up in your bubble, sidestep and SideHug. What is this? What? What do you want? You meant to read what? What? What is this? This is, this is an ad? Don't we have enough ads already? Uh, whatever. I'll read it, but I'm going to hate it already. I'm just going to tell you that I'm going to hate it. Um, wait, what does this say? Is this, are you serious? We have a merch site now? Like, like we can get shirts and like a hoodie or a hat. Uh, what, what, about, what about like a, a butt? I can get a button too. It's pretty epic. I like buttons. So you want me to plug our merch site? Tell tell everybody here that we, if they go over to childishbehaviorministries.com, which is our which is our new website we just opened up, and they click the button on the front page that says Childish Behavior Merch, they're gonna take them to our merch website and they can get them some Childish Behavior merch. That's what you want me to tell them. That's it. Nothing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm gonna tell this. Are we making anything off of this, or is this like everything else we do, where we are literally just, we're basically just breaking even. We're breaking even again. So why are we doing it? Oh, okay, okay. So people can promote childish behavior, and so so that we can we can ex- we can spread our focus and reach reach new people and and let them know about childish behavior podcast so that they too can enjoy this content and they can be uplifted through the crazy antics that is childish behavior. You know what? I'll do it. I don't hate it completely and I'm sorry. So, as I already said, you've already heard, go to childishbehaviorministries.com, click the button, get your childish behavior swag on. This has been Aaron. Lakes. Have you ever wondered, man, I need more scripture in my life? Have you ever wondered, man, I wish I had scripture on my clothes and on my undergarments? Well, guess what? We have news for you. With the all-new scripture skivvies, you will actually gird up your loins with scriptured 
covered skivvies. Yes, you heard me right. Scripture skivvies. Because you know what? You don't always have your Bible, but we hope you're not going commando. Call now for Scripture skivvies. From the makers of Sleepy Time and Siestaville comes Nap. Are you tired of being tired? Well, guess what, my friend? With Nap, it can make all the difference. Please see your doctor and consult with your physician, as Nap may not be for everyone. But just know that if you are sad, tired, hangry, angry, mad at the world, you might need uh, I love Kids Blitz. I love what you do. And I know if people look up on Facebook, they go to Kids Blitz Ministry. They can find your, your page there and see a little bit about what y'all do. Yeah. Um, and I'm, y'all have a site too, right? Yeah. And if I could say that, yes, it's kidsblitz.com with the Z, K I D Z B L I T Z dot com. And there is a Facebook page and there's a website and, uh, um, you know, it's been uh, it's been amazing. I got to tell you guys, I never, never in a while, my wildest dreams thought 24 years ago, I'd still be doing this today. You know, I thought mm-hmm. if I went three, four years, I'd have been thrilled. And so I'm, I didn't really, I was a young man when I started this, you know, so <laughs> just, there's light on the other end of the tunnel yeah. until we hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's just been an amazing journey. I mean, I, I have people come up to me now that are in their 20s, you know, and They'll say, yeah, I was at a kids was event when I was 10 or something. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, how long have I been doing this? You know, <laughs> uh, you know what? Speaking of that, um, I first saw you guys in a mall in the early to mid 90s in a food court. You know, Does that I ring a bell? I had forgotten all about that. I do vaguely remember that now. Our youth pastor took us there, and I remember being super excited. You know, in the early years of youth ministry, especially in the early 90s, there wasn't really a lot of cool things like that going on. So I was enthralled. Of course, there were hundreds of kids there raising their hands, and alas, I did not get picked. But uh, so... When I was picked at Kidman Megacon a couple of years ago, um, you didn't know it, but you fulfilled one of my um, lifelong dreams. Little Rick, <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> with his fanny pack on, he was ready to go. We have one more thing we always like to do with our guests. Now no, it's, it's time, time for the childish question of the day. What is your favorite plunger? My favorite plunger? See, we keep talking about the plunger. So what's the best plunger? I don't know who makes it, but I, this is one of those things where I've used every kind of plunger there is. They make a black plunger. And the thing with this plunger is the the outside, the exterior of the shaft where the stick goes into it. Because we, get, we lose the stick. We take that, throw that away. It's one where the shaft fits inside of a piece of PVC. So we like to have a real big post that goes back and we're not the little stick that comes normally with a plunger. Yes. And so that one just has the right diameter that will fit inside of this. Then we put a bolt through it to kind of secure it. And then we either tape it up or we're getting ready to line X them, I think. But I uh, I walked up to the cash register once to buy some, some plungers like that. 
and the lady looked at me because I had sized them up and stuff. So <laughs> I had it basically set the way I was going to do it. And I was like, well, I mean, the sticks come with the plunger, so I guess I'll still buy the sticks. Uh, so I had it all in the, the, with some other things that were going to be part of games. And this, the cashier lady just kind of looked at me weirdly and went back to just ringing stuff up. <laughs> Let me tell you the funny thing happened to me, the cashier, because we, we're always buying weird stuff. We went to South Carolina to do an event, and for whatever reason, I just totally forgot to pack anything. I didn't. It's not that I left my suitcase. I don't know what I was thinking. Just didn't pack. Got in, you know, and I'm going down. I'm in South Carolina now somewhere, and it dawns me. I have nothing. So, so I pull over to a Walmart, you know, and I've got my card. And I'm having to get everything. I mean, I have to buy socks and underwear, toothbrush, and all this stuff, you know. And so I'm going, I'm checking out, and this little old lady, probably 80, you know, she's checking me out, and she stops. And she looks up at me, just as serious as she can be. She says, honey, are you running away from home? <laughs> she went on the road and forgot everything. <laughs> she was concerned. That's funny. Though. Seriously, I know for a fact that, that I had been checked out twice by Homeland Security. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, Roger, thank you so much for talking with us today. We are glad to have you as a friend, and thank you for hanging out with us as long as you did. Uh, thank you for what you're doing, and uh, thank you for uh, letting me two years ago live out one of my lifelong missions to be in Kids Blitz. Uh, and uh, I was up on stage with Aaron, and I think that's where we fully bonded over plunger heads. You have weird dreams, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is Roger Fields, and I'm here with Rick and Aaron, and all I want to say is just stay childish. All right, somehow I don't have a connection with wonky. I love it that you use wonky. I use it too in, oh, in uh, a lot of people. Yeah. That's one of my favorite words too, man. That's awesome. Yeah, you can use it for so many different situations and things, you know. That looks wonky, went wonky, it's wonky. It's a really good all purpose word. Wonky, tonky, wonky, donkey. I have no clue what just